Good morning. It's good to be here with you this morning. It was one of the more dreary drives down here than usual I've had, I think. It was drippy and cloudy and foggy and made the warmth of the car feel rather comforting. But God's presence with us as we go about our duties, is it not? <clears throat> I sensed a bit of a uh, reflective spirit in your comments I've heard this morning regarding the past year and the new year we find ourselves entering into. And, and the message I have this morning to share uh, does not focus specifically on the new year, but I trust it will minister to my needs and your needs as we endeavor to face each day to the glory of God. Why is it that we gather here with a sense of hope, a sense of joy, a sense of purpose? Read a few verses from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1. Focusing on the introduction here, just to remind us of the blessings we have in our hands, in our hearts, to discuss between us. <clears throat> and even though many times we probably, if you're like me, you get frustrated by the things you wish you remembered or wish you knew about the scriptures that you've covered in the past, and yet we... we uh, we forget those details many times. <clears throat> but notice the writer Luke here says some very important things for us not to forget. For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us. Even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write unto thee, in order, most excellent Theophilus, that thou mightest know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. <clears throat> In our Sunday school class this morning, there was a little brief discussion over the, the word mystery there, and I had to think about, in that setting, the intent of that focus. But we live in a day in a world in which there is a need for to know the certainty of the things which we have most surely believed. And, um, you know, many times even as we allow God by his grace to work in and through us for his glory, no doubt there are situations where we wish we could convey the firm, the confirmation in our hearts to the heart of a, a struggling individual, that they might believe, that they might understand, that they might grasp the love of God. And Luke writes here, there's different things, and I won't take too much time, but notice there was in a time that it was surely believed among them. And it was from those that had been with Christ from beginning to end, eyewitnesses, 
Those that had a, he says here, perfect, but the idea is a complete understanding. A, a clear picture of the ministry of Christ. How clear is your vision this morning? Are you thoroughly convinced? Are you yet with questions but firmly resolved? in your Christian walk. In the life of your church, our church, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, as to how it functions, as to how it works, are you this morning of a mindset that if the Spirit of God speaks to you, that you're committed to making that answer to that voice, to that direction. I'd like to consider this morning some things that we kind of take for granted in life. The, the role or the balance, the, the dynamic of structure and life in the kingdom of God and more focused in the life of our churches. Sometimes perhaps you've observed settings or circumstances or perhaps even felt a part of, of a setting where one made a move, made a transition, moved into a new place, and, um, or had someone move into your home setting, home church setting, and you could tell that there was a searching going on as to them wanting to find their place, to find their comfort zone, to, to perhaps understand where what structure was involved? When you think about a structure, uh, it can mean a lot of different things, but uh, I remember some time ago, it's been a good little while, I forget when it was, Nor, but I'm going to use your, an illustration from your place. You had a chicken fence out there. It was a rather fragile looking structure, but it worked. And it provided a, a border, a barrier to, in that setting, to keep those, those hens where they were supposed to be for the most part. <clears throat> but as we think of structure, how do we reflect on it? Is it a word that, that strikes fear in our hearts? Is it a word that we run toward? I think sometimes it's a matter of perspective. Some see it as a sign of danger. Some consider perhaps that it can be something that can create a lot of stress. Um, undue stress. But if you consider structure in life, what is the balance? Is there a need to understand that balance? 
I don't believe, as to the best of my knowledge, the Bible does not give us a specific directive where this dividing place falls. That, that line falls between life and structure. <clears throat> Sometimes we talk in terms, cliches, we get our ducks in a row. What does it mean to have your ducks in a row as a child of God? And yet we do understand that structure in life, in our individual walk, it affects our relationships as we interact with each other. If I ask you this morning here, if I would ask the leadership to fill out a, a, a survey on their congregation, would they consider you as a body here weak on life or structure or neither? I think we understand that we must have both. There is a need for structure in life. Now, there are some types of structure that, that do not lend themselves to fulfilling the will of God. And we'll touch on that a little bit. But it is not uncommon for us to relate to the concept sometimes of of our strength being our weakness. Not necessarily the case, but it could be. By that I mean if we get caught up in focusing on structure, um, it could become our weakness. Let's turn to Romans chapter 14. I want to look at some of what the scripture has to say about some of these elements involved. Scriptures do give us some input as to descriptions given of life and of structural elements. Romans 14, I'd like to begin looking here at verse 17 through 19. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace, and things wherewith one may edify another. In a life-giving brotherhood, there is the need, there is the active involvement of edification. Within that structural framework, um, there is that opportunity for us to, to serve and be served, to fellowship and be fellowshiped with. And the focus of that fellowship and that service is drawn out there. 
It is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Let us, therefore, follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. I expect that most of you here this morning are glad for the general structure you have as to how you meet to worship, to gather together. Truly the last year has been a year of, of uh, challenging times in, in certain respects as far as our structure, our worshiping structure and how we go about it and how we don't go about it. And um, I won't say, I won't go further than that, but I would say this, one of the things, one of the things that I think has had the potential to be a help to each of us the last year was the perspective of being able to edify one another in difficult decisions, difficult things, difficult perspectives. And I would say that you possibly had the ability to exercise your ability to understand one another as you openly expressed yourselves to each other in relating to those difficult issues. If we are to edify one another, and I or you or we don't have the gift, the ability to edify, whose problem is that? I'll just say it's not God's deficiency. Is that fair? Perhaps it's our attitudes. Who knows? It could be. But he's saying here, let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. The balance of structure in life that which edifies is favorable for life within the body of Christ. Now, I'd like to make reference to a few passages in general in the New Testament here, but if you think about structure, that which edifies, and we talked about it just briefly, made a passing comment there in Sunday school, but if you look at the Sermon on the Mount... It is a very structured, deep journey. It is something that the result of it being understood and embraced and applied edifies not only the body, but those that know not Christ as well. Then if you go on into, for example, the, the Gospel of John in chapters 14, 15, and 16, there are other things there that, that give us a lot of instruction um, as to what is involved. I want to go to Acts chapter 2, draw just a couple um, things from the early church experience. 
in verses 40, 41, I believe it is, and following there, I want <clears throat> Thinking in terms of structure and life as we read these verses. Think about that. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. In the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. And in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles, and all that believed were together and had all things common. I'll read through verse 47. And sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men, as every man had need, and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. Did you get a glimpse of some life? Did you get a glimpse of some structure? The apostles' doctrine here was referred to again. Um, <clears throat> there were things that they were given. Actually, the, the work of the apostles, which is a, a very interesting subject I'm slowly learning more and more about, but talks about the, some of the elements of Christ's call upon the life of the apostles, the 12 apostles that it makes reference to here um, in verse 43. It says, And many wonders and signs were done by the apostles, the sign gifts that were used to confirm their, their role in setting forth the gospel and the Word of Christ. And when I say the gospel, um, you go back to the passage in Luke that we looked at and carry that forward, other references to the work of the disciples or the apostles, and, and we see that their, their duty was not just in um, seeing that the record of the gospels were written, but other things that um, were carried forth by revelation and otherwise, even in Paul. So here we see in this passage a number of elements of structure and life. Now in uh, Romans chapter 6, two other passages before I want to develop an illustration for the sake of our discussion here this morning. Romans chapter 6, verse 17 says, But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Here we have a specific reference to specific structure being given. Um, again, and in uh, one more passage, several verses in Philippians 3, verses 15 through 17. Paul writes, let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded, and if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. 
Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk, so as ye have us for an example. So there was specific structures given to wherein that life of the gospel of Christ could, could develop and, and be born and move forward. I made reference earlier to life situations sometimes where men become frustrated with structures around them. Can be in the workplace, can be in society, can be in those that pursue a church relationship. I don't have a board up here this morning. Is there any artists here this morning? Probably many of you would be far above my grade level on that. But if I had a chalkboard up here this morning or a marker board and had a ball diamond, drew, um, would, would be able to draw a ball diamond on that board as a reference point. Now, when you think of a ball diamond, you think of where is one of the most key places you think of on a ball diamond? Home plate, isn't it? Kind of, kind of where we like to stand and swing a bat. There's a lot more to it than that. You know, there's a line that goes out by through third base and through first base, and it sets what? What are those lines called? Boundaries. Boundaries. They're called foul lines too, aren't they? Those two. Now, I guess depending on the place. Now, that, that particular uh, structure is used pretty much exclusively on all ball diamonds. Now, the length of the field, that's not always, you know, there are places, I guess, a home run would be 200 feet or 400 feet, or depending on the, the, the realm being uh, surveyed, <clears throat> the league being played. But when we think of structure in life, in the scriptures, a lot of the structure we're given is within a boundary, within a, a rule, a canon. The word canon is used to depict a set marker, a set place. Um, if you think about the game of baseball and you think about rules, I was, I was quite amazed. Uh, looked it up some time ago. The rule book for professional baseball, what do you think it looks like? It has 297 pages. 297 pages to know how to play baseball. It's a detailed book, needless to say. And yet, in that, in that sport, you could use other sports, but in that sport, you know, you have... You have framework, you have structure set up to, to be able to call, to play what we call baseball, what's, what's considered properly played baseball. You have innings, you have varied rules, you have players, you have coaches, you have umpires, you have requirements. Three strikes and you're out. 
And even within all that structure, there is the last word that the umpire has. For some of us, it's different between our shoulders and our knees when we swing the bat. The strike zone changes. There has to be calls made. And yet, in those sports, the referee or the umpire, they have the last word. For those that play, there is a set uniform, many times even a set number. You can't just pick and choose, well, I think I'll go play ball today this way or that way. A lot of structure just to develop and to bring about what we consider and is known as baseball. Players that don't abide by the rules, they can be punished, they can be expelled, they can be sent out of the game for various reasons or expelled even for a season. And we could ask ourselves, you know, what's the virtue of all that structure? Is it all necessary? What's the purpose of it? As we consider that, we remind ourselves that, yes, this is merely a carnal illustration, a carnal illustration. With all those 297 pages of, of guidelines, of rules, those immense ballparks when the 50,000 people gather to view it, what do they come to see? Do they come to see to verify the baselines, the distance? Do you think they bring along their little rule book? Most of them probably wouldn't even know it, what all it says. They didn't come to critique the structure, but they came to see the game. When people come into this church building, what are they coming to see? Life, I hope. They're coming to see, to taste, to experience the environment in which life excels. Yes, there may be a, a tendency in as you travel around and visit different churches and different observations to, to observe variations. And yet, in the kingdom of God, those variations can have some very variability and so forth. But the focus of our balance of structure in life is to have life. I'd like to read you a, um, a poem, but it hasn't been real long. I'm not sure exactly how long it's been now. Most of you would probably know the name Sasha Krause. Does that ring a bell with you? Sasha Krause? Young lady that lost her life.
as I heard about that and I began to hear comments made and, and uh, blog posts and things or reports on that situation, <clears throat> I found it interesting that there were many people that tended to make comments about the, the um, conservative Anabaptist people. Um, in somewhat of a sort of a negative way, and I understand that um, for people that don't know, uh, I understand that can be the case. But as time went on and more information came about about what happened to this sister, there was more of a spirit of compassion revealed in their comments. That it was a tragedy that their hearts went out to the family and so forth. Many people looked on there and saw a lot of structure in that setting. But I'd like to share with you this morning what came to, my, came to me as I, over a period of time, gathered and processed some of those comments. And the one that really struck home with me was one that this individual that went to the funeral. I don't know the, the connection to it. But this person said this, went to the funeral, I heard a lot of good things, I've got some changes to make in my life. What was the impetus for that result? There was more to that sister's life than what many would have thought to be structure. And I'd like to read this poem that she wrote. I think she was, what, 26 when she was killed? And as I understood, I think she wrote this poem when she was 17 years old. It points to a depth where life resides. And it points to a maturity not often found at that age. It's entitled, I Do Not Walk Alone. I joyful take the upward way and press on to that glorious day. Yet loneliness asserts its sway. Oh, must I walk alone? How rough and dangerous my street. I'd love to walk with nimble feet. But snares are laid with such deceit, I cannot walk alone. In quietness, God's voice I hear. Art thou alone while I am near? O foolish child, shake off thy fear. I do not walk alone. When stress and fear shall take their toll, when cruel tyrants grasp my soul, when death and all its horrors roll, I shall not walk alone. Prophetic verse at the end there for her life. When people look at us, you and I, is their life shining forth 
a challenge for us as we consider the uh, day and age in which we live. Without certain structure, no one can play the game. And yet you can have the most extensive structure and it can be cold and empty without life. It comes short. A tree can have structure without any life. Now, if we're cutting firewood, that's quite desirable to have dead wood, dried wood. Life without structure is not possible. What is the most important in life's pathway? Someone raised the question regarding a train asking the engineer what was the most important bolt on a locomotive? And his answer was the loose one. That's the one that needs the attention. That's the one that needs the attention. For you and I to find the proper balance in life and structure, we need to be attuned to the voice of our engineer, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I have to think about life and structure in a different extent. I thought of this this morning driving down here. But when God gives life, he gives structure as is needed. A sprouting seed, it develops. A new baby born into the world grows according to the life it has typically understood that way for us the life within us should take on structure that allows us to serve and honor our creator I invite you to 1 John chapter 5 uh, I guess you need not necessarily turn there but I'll just refer to the fact there it tells us he that hath the son hath life he that hath the son hath life and as we consider our needs um, let's go ahead and turn to Ephesians chapter 2 that life comes as it is given place, invited in and given place. And here Paul writes these encouraging words. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Among, them, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, 
who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are ye saved. And hath raised us up together and made us to set us set together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. God's plan is to give us life everlasting. And in that plan, his desire is to provide us, grow us into the structure that we need to be his child. Sometimes when we think of structure in life, we, we kind of incorporate a bit of the American dream and the spirit of independence. And we think how we would like to do it, how we would like to serve God, how we would like to relate to brothers and sisters. I asked you the question this morning. I think I have an answer, a good answer. But are you a congregation here or are you a brotherhood? Is there a difference? The Christian life is personal and yet it's corporate. As our the life of Christ abides within us, we will seek to relate and edify and inspire and encourage those around us of like precious faith and also minister to those beyond that. We live in an interesting day and age when we have the privilege of understanding this. You know, you think about the time in which the religion of the land was merely reflective of the leader at that point. And when the leadership changed, your religion changed from one time, one day to another. There was not that understanding of what we understand the gospel to mean. Under Catholicism, Lutheranism, different things. Where the territory defined the church. Where... Those that take the, the perspective only God knows. Sometimes through the hardness of our hearts, man has the ability to skate off into a corner and, and seek to do their own thing. They're unchangeable, unmoldable, difficult to edify. There are many aspects of history we could refer to, and our time is, is drawing now. But I want to just, um, again, challenge you to the importance 
And I see that there's blessing here in your midst of the local brotherhood and the great significance it has as to not only how each of you are blessed by each other, but how that speaks to those around that observe the power of God work in your hearts and lives. The power of God through selfless sacrifice, through loving another above yourself when the needs are there. Ministering in the spirit of Christ, that life will develop its structure, its needed structure. It does not need an elaborate facility, immense <clears throat> in size or volume of people. I remember one time visiting a, a large church in another state, several thousand people there. And it was huge. But there was a sense of, I felt like a lost sheep wandering there. No one cared if they knew you or not. It was just like, to me, I, I missed. I, I, and I don't say that to disparage their intent to worship. I just say, praise God for what we've been taught and have. To fellowship, to minister to each other. And we are blessed by many of the things we have in place as far as structures, but um, God forbid that they should ever take the place of his divine direction and uh, leading in our lives and hearts. A couple of things I'd like to share yet. One illustration and then a uh, passage in closing. The brother learned to know, he's from another serves in another country, but he made this observation. He told a story about himself, and um, <clears throat> in his uh, duties in, in walking amongst the sheep of his congregation there, they had the brothers get together for a meeting, and, and uh, there was a fair amount of frustration and tension, and uh, as they shared it became apparent that a lot of the frustration was, was focused on this brother that was telling the story. And uh, he said it felt like they were having kind of a rout against him at certain points, but he thought it was good that they got it off their chest, were able to share that. And then he said the next thing that happened really surprised him. One of the most, the, the one brother that was the most vocal and... and um, distressed about his concerns, made this comment. He says, well, you know, we've got our problems and we've got some people that aren't, aren't perfect and so forth, but we're a brotherhood. And I thought to myself, well, if, if the most um, ill at ease member of a body can can be encouraged and that they're a part of the brotherhood. It makes life easier for the body, does it not? <laughs> that working together, that sharing together, that selflessness that we need to learn to grow and, and to uh, allow ourselves to be molded by him 
And so they had a joyous closure to that stressful meeting on that high note. Turn to 1 Thessalonians 3. Beginning in verse 7. Through the end of the chapter. Therefore, brethren, we were comforted over you in all your in all our affliction and distress by your faith. For now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. For what thanks can we render to God again for you, for the joy wherewith we joy for your sakes before our God, night and day, praying exceeding exceedingly that we might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. <clears throat> Now God himself and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way unto you. And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. To the end he may, may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. May that be what is taking place in my life and yours from day to day. Shall we have a song? <clears throat> 